Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Parkinson's Law is an adage that work will expand to fill the time allotted for its completion. We typically understand this law to mean that allotting too much time to a task will cause the task to expand and waste time. However, it is much more useful viewed in the reverse, that allotting less time will make you more efficient. In this episode, we're going to discuss the 12-week year framework for getting more work done. While largely designed for optimizing efficiency in a business context, it's also very useful for helping you complete your own personal goals in a shorter time frame. But before we get started, Will, what's been timing your frame this week? I got through Christmas. That's yeah. It. So I think Christmas Day, we had like 20 people here. And then last night, there was a baby shower here with like 10 or 12. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, a lot of people in and out of my house. I wasn't sure if you were going to be there. Or you are going to be down uh, in uh, at your parents' place. No, going to the parents' place, I think, is this next weekend. I don't know. Okay. Like my, my, my wife and my mother decide these things and they tell the rest of us because like they coordinate the schedule, you know, because my, my dad and I don't really like like have long conversations by text. So yeah, that's fair. Needs to be them. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. You know, didn't overeat, which was a good thing. That's good for yeah. for Christmas. Yeah, it was reasonably quiet, semi normal Christmas. Cool, cool. A lot of you know hollering youngins, but yeah, that's... yeah. Felt that. Felt that. We had uh, eight, and the oldest is twelve. So yeah, lots of lots of nephlings running around. Right. Nieces and nephews, right? Yeah, nieces and nephews. Yeah. So let me know when you're you're passing through because I have some stuff that you might want. Some things I found while cleaning that I no longer imbibe. Okay, I'll take it all. Yeah, I, <laughs> I knew you would. So I set it aside, and I'm like, I'm not gonna throw this away because Will 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 like it. So yeah, good plan. So how about you? All right, yeah. Just let me know when you're coming through, and we'll we'll schedule like a stop on the way, and I can drop it off with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I had the same thing Christmas with the fam. Lots of adventures. We made cookies. My kitchen is still a little bit messy. We cleaned up, but then we had to we had to run because we got a call and we're like, hey, everybody's here. We're waiting on you. So we're like, all right, let's hurry up. Some of them turned out, most of them turned out pretty good, I think. You guys think so? Yes. Yes. All right, as you guys can tell, uh, I have a few of my nieces and nephew here with me. And since uh, we are talking about goals, they asked if they could come on the podcast and share their goals. So uh, I said during my section that they could do that and will approved as well. So they're going to uh, state their name and the goal that they are working on for the next 12 weeks. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, my name is Addie and my goal is to become a better point guard in basketball. Hi, my name is McKinley, and my um, goal is to play bass guitar. Hi, my name is John, and I want to learn how to... My goal is to play the piano. 
several musical and some athletic goals. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, thank you very much. You guys are good to go. You guys can go on out, and um, there should be popcorn. See you. Saving money is hard, especially when everybody is in your house on Christmas Day. Yes, exactly. Lucas Casadas is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping you to not only establish a real plan for your finances, but also to take action on that plan so that you can create the kind of life you want to live. Guys, investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. And with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. So it's not too early to start right now. The really awesome thing about Lucas is he's a fiduciary for his clients. What that means is he's not here to sell you a product, but to guide you to a better financial situation. You can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face, and he interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their own careers. And you can learn even more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. At work, your boss probably, hopefully, has a pretty good idea of what needs to be accomplished in the next few months. A lot of business owners have found that productivity frameworks, such as the 12-week year, help considerably with their productivity. Uh, There's a good reason for this. Parkinson's law specifies that the work will expand to fill the time allotted to it. Systems like the 12-week year help reduce the amount of time available, meaning that within limits, things get done in a more efficient manner and prioritized differently. A system like this is also helpful in the sense that you only have to have very detailed plans for the next quarter rather than the entire year. Since so much can change within a few months, as we've seen, just last year, I had two cars break down on the same day. Things happen. Uh, It makes sense to organize your planning process in a way that allows you to plan a little bit more responsive. Uh, It also helps to provide urgency to your current priorities in a way that most companies only experience at the end of the year or end of the fiscal year, depending. A lot of organizations experience a spike of sales during the last quarter because people are trying to meet their yearly goals before the end of the year. So what is the 12-week year? Essentially, it's a system that is built on eight ingredients of success, and they go into this in the book three principles, and five disciplines. The three principles are accountability, commitment, and greatness in the moment. I figure you probably know what the first two mean, but uh, greatness in the moment kind of needs a little bit of explanation. It essentially means doing your best work to do what is needed, even if you aren't feeling it at the moment. That's, that's all they mean by that. There are also five disciplines in this. Uh, you know, having a clear, consistent vision, breaking your vision into a plan with priorities, using process tools to stay on track, using measurements for feedback, and effectively using your time. In a business context, these things work well due to having some portion of the supporting structure already in place. Otherwise, you're probably already out of business by this point. Yeah, and I recently got the book in about a week or two ago, and I will be reading it. It is 
one of my goals for this 12 weeks is to get through this book and write episodes about those three principles and five disciplines. Not all written by me, but Will's going to write some too. So, you know, we, we will be adding those into the mix of our other episodes. The 12-week year framework essentially helps with accomplishing your goals by treating a 12-week period as if it were an entire year. You have 12 weeks of focused and planned out work, followed by a week for planning, reviewing, consolidation, celebration, and a little bit of a break. This cycle and overall structure is very useful when you're trying to be more personally productive but you do have to modify things a little bit to make it fit with your own life. In particular, barring a rather strange psychological makeup, you probably don't have an adequate mechanism for enforcing process controls on yourself in your own life. You also have a bit more of a chopped up and unpredictable schedule in your personal life than what you would in the office. It depends on where you work and how you manage your own life. Yeah, but most people. Most people, that's true, yeah. So that has to be taken into account as well. Also, you may find it difficult to measure progress in some areas, and your workflow may be very vulnerable to disruption because it is personal life and things come up. Right. In this episode, we're going to talk about the 12-week year a, a bit from a you know, top-down perspective, you know, the 40,000-foot view. Uh, but mostly discuss how you may want to modify it if you want to use the principles from the book to be more effective at reaching your own personal goals. While the structure is also very helpful when applied in a business context, and you should try it there if you can, even if the rest of your workplace isn't doing it, we've also found that it can be applied very effectively in one's personal life. The rhythm of 12 weeks of solid, well-planned work, followed by a week for reviewing, planning the next phase, and relaxing a little bit, is also a very solid plan for accomplishing big things in your personal life. This high-level structure makes it easier to use more fine-grained structure, such as getting things done or GTD, for your day-to-day tasks, while largely staying out of your way while you're actually doing the work. Yeah. And at the end of the the episode, we're going to go over one of the goals that we've broken down for for this 12 weeks, um, this current quarter. Uh, We're going to try to do that each quarter is hit on one of our goals that we're, we're doing and try to kind of relate it to, to the ones that we had for the, for the year may not always be because not every, not every goal that's in my 12 week is a yearly goal, but it, they usually relate to them. Well, and the one that I picked for instance was not as urgent when we did the yearly Uh goal episode as it has become. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, Ooh, I need to do that too. Yeah. (laughs) The very first thing I thought when I saw yours, I was like, ooh, that's a good one. I need to do that. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm not happy about that. But yeah, we'll get to that. You'll know what we're talking about at the end of the episode. So Yeah. All right. So jumping right in, the first, uh, first thing we have on here is plan heavily during the planning week and write them down. Right here in my hand is my, uh, my notebook where I'm writing stuff down. Make sure, yep, Will's got his too. They are SMART, S-M-A-R-T, goals. Yeah, you can do the tasks in an agile fashion, but planning at this level should be a bit more like waterfall, like true waterfall, where it's like one thing, 
you know, not all the things and then pass it on, but like you want a very structured plan up front so that you have all the pieces you need and a clean outline of the work that needs to be done. And the thing about this too is with like, even with Agile, you have, you have a structure, just a smaller structure, especially like Scrum yeah. kind of thing. It's like, you got to know what you're building and how much work you're going to be doing in that. I mean, honestly, the 12 weeks is almost like... It's a sprint for your personal life. Yeah, it really is. It's just a bit longer than a normal sprint, but it, it's like a sprint for your personal life. That's a really good way of putting it, yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, like the number of hours that you're actually actively working on these things mm-hmm. is probably not too much larger than, you know, say a three week sprint yeah. because it's after hours and you you're, you're sleeping most of the time. You're not at work probably, or a big chunk of it or dealing with other stuff like commuting or, you know, things that aren't in this mix. So it, it still fits. It's just kind of modified. The other thing I'll put on here, as far as the planning is you may do a really detailed comprehensive plan for the quarter and you may find something that throws it sideways, but if you've written down your plan, it's a lot easier to figure out where the impact is. You know, so it's like plans are useless. Planning is essential. And that's kind of the way to, to think about it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, this is the week we're recording. This is the, uh, if I were, if I had been doing it this year, this would be the, that week. And so I'm treating yep. it as it a, is for me. Yeah. And I'm treating this week as that. So, uh, one, lots of rest this week. Oh, dude. <laughs> I had a day off Friday and the family wasn't down here yet. And you know what? I got so much stuff done around the house because I hadn't, I wasn't planning on doing anything. I just had a day of, Hey, I'm going to rest. I'm like, Ooh, this needs to be done. And you had some urgency too. Yeah. It's like, let me knock this out. Let me knock this out. Let me knock this out. Next thing I know, I had like over half of the list of things to do next month already done in one day. Um, I probably would have encountered that as well, but my only day off was yesterday and, you know, we had people in the house the day before and that day. Yeah. So I took, I took some time off because of the family coming in. So, but yeah. but the week before was really extraordinarily productive for me because of the deadline. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Now this planning that you're doing should also include an estimation of the time to complete tasks as well as, you know, a bill of materials, essentially either physical or digital, whatever, you know, whatever you happen to be doing, right? Like if you're organizing the garage and you need to buy shelves, you need to figure out what size and where you're going to get them and probably go ahead and, you know, either order them or go and pick them up and have them there so that you're not waiting so that there's nothing putting delay in. I would say even because this is something that I've been doing is scheduling, like as making going to the store and picking that up a task. Yep. I do that too. So like if it's, if it's something that I want to start at the beginning of the quarter, the previous quarter would be, uh, and like I said, I haven't started doing this yet, but this is my plan is the previous quarter. One of the tasks for that one would be, all right, let me get the materials so that next quarter I can do this. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things I start doing a lot of times too, is I am already kind of pre-planning before the planning week starts oh, because yeah. I'm already thinking about the next thing anyway. But you know, usually, I mean, it is a whole quarter, right? So if you've got to order something, you go, okay, well, I'm starting this, you know, three weeks into the quarter for this, this one piece, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world because you still, you know, you have plenty of time to get other things done and the way, you know, we do multiple projects, it works out. Okay. 
but yeah, you definitely want to order stuff before you need it so that it's there when you want to start. So you're not waiting, you know, looking at, you know, refreshing the UPS website like you probably did this entire last month. Just don't do that. <laughs> it's it, That's stress inducing. I think my mother did that. And it's. Yeah, I saw a lot of memes about the uh, it's in God's hands now. Just let it be. Yeah. That package, it'll get there when it gets there. Pretty much. Stop stressing it. Your goals also need to be expressed in terms of a testable end state achieved within a period of time. Right, which goes with the whole SMART goal thing, right? Like, I need to be able to say, you know, not I'm better at X, but I did X every day. Yeah. And, you know, that makes Y better, but I'm not measuring Y. I'm measuring something where I can control it. Let's take a look at my two of the goals from my nieces and nephew learn to play bass guitar, and learn to play piano. So those are pretty broad goals. And uh, I let them leave it broad because it was just a brief, hey, hop on here and say that. But we also sat down and we had a conversation about, hey, what does that mean to be able to play this? Well, I want to be able to play songs. I want to be able to like sit down and play, like, play as a group of songs. It's like, all right, so then you need to say, I want to learn so many songs and and break it down like that. Or I want to take lessons and practice every day or something like that. And, you know, it, it started this conversation. Now, when they were on here, it was, hey, you know, a brief introduction to for them to get to say something. But, you know, the really cool thing was it led to this whole conversation about setting goals. Yeah. And and breaking things down enough where they're where they're small enough where you can actually do it where it's not yeah. super intimidating. Yeah, you really want to break things down in you know smaller testable chunks of work that are a week or less in length individually, mainly just so that you can parcel them out during during the weeks of of work. Yeah, and that you also know when you're done, so you're not gold plating things because you know developers don't ever do that. Oh no, never, never, never. Oh my. Next, have multiple areas of focus, but make a single one the critical one for the quarter and a different one next quarter, um, supposing there's not like an emergency or something, you know, but you, and, and Will and I talked about this, I probably have too many. And um, after the after the episode, if I have time, we'll probably go over them and he can help me narrow things down a bit. I tried to break mine personally down into like, here's all my areas of focus. I'm going to do a little bit on these. And the big one that I'm like working on is this one this month or something like that. Yeah. Or this month, this quarter. Yeah. I mean, the thing with this is if you're going to modify this for personal use, you have to understand that you're juggling a number of different priorities in your life and you plan accordingly, mm -hmm. right? Like in a business, they can say, oh, we need to increase sales. And they could put everything towards increasing sales. That's not necessarily the best idea all the time, but they have a lot more optionality for that sort of thing than you do. You can't neglect your health or your family or your finances because you're learning to play the harmonica or something. I mean, you can, but it's probably not wise. You can. It's just next quarter, your goals are going to be vastly different and yeah. much more well, urgent. That, yeah. Your critical project will typically be the largest thing that you work on during a 12-week year and should be something with high impact. Right. So like this last quarter for me was actually getting all my personal IT stuff kind of straightened up and getting it more 
organized and structured. You know, I did all the Docker stuff. I got, you know, I reworked my network. I, you know, ran some more wiring. I set up separate VLANs. I did a whole bunch of stuff like that to kind of position me for further things in the future. Um, and it was a ton of work. And, you know, I did have other smaller goals in the other areas, but I didn't necessarily focus on them. It's like, okay, well, if this is in a good place, then I'll work on some of these other things. Just so I'm not, because 12 weeks of crazy sysadmin stuff is not, that is a very unbalanced thing too. So, you know, you do keep the, the separate goals for that. Yeah. And like, oh, it's, I think of it like exercise too. For example, like, let's say, all right, hey, I really want to get better at my bicep curls. That doesn't mean you neglect leg day. Nobody should neglect leg day. No, you definitely shouldn't. But Almost nobody. I mean. True. But, you know, you you keep doing those other things. You might put more emphasis on that, but you maintain the other things. Right. You know, it's like uh, one of my yearly goals this year is to learn uh, to play some songs on piano. Like play the piano parts of the songs. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop with the synth stuff that I'm doing with the church because that's actually helping me in that too. But like, that's a separate thing. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you stop going to the gym or, yeah. you know, or that you stop progressing at the gym. Right. Right. Just because I'm focused on one other thing, but you're probably not going to get ready to do a tough mutter mm-hmm. while you're doing this. No, probably not. So that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, good luck. I have friends who do them and they, they've talked about them. They are, they do sound a lot. Yeah. But you know, you can and should have smaller projects in other areas of focus. Just keep them small enough that they get done without getting in the way of your most critical thing. Yeah. And you typically shouldn't have a critical project in the same area for two or more quarters in a row, unless there's an emergency situation or you're trying to drastically alter your life in some way, like starting a business or you've got, you pick up a client Um, And this happened to me where I picked up a client and if I were doing this quarterly thing, it would, that project would cross borders just because of, Hey, I started working on their, like I got, I landed the client right in the middle of the last quarter and it's going to take to the middle of the next quarter to get their project built. So yeah, that's going to cross two quarters. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's where most of my time is going when I'm not working on podcast stuff. Yeah. And I mean, people get health things too that, that hit them or, you know, you get a job change. I mean, I had, you know, I I got hit with that and it didn't, it didn't disrupt as much as it could have, but I looked through that list a couple of days ago and it irritated me, honestly, because it, you know, spun a whole bunch of stuff out. But I mean, that happens, but yeah, just don't let this process make you an unbalanced human being because eventually you will create more work than you could do. If you do that, it's kind of where we're going. And that kind of leads into the next point is you need to be willing to toss or completely adjust your 12-week year plan if something major happens in the first couple of weeks that disrupts it all. Otherwise, you stick with it. I lost my job, what, uh, let's see, it was October 10th. And so it was 10 days into the, you know, it was like the, the middle of the second week. Yeah. Obviously, that is, that's very disruptive. What ended up happening is I took some stuff that I was kind of doing as a already a goal. And I just said, okay, well, I'm going to just hammer this really hard because I can get rid of all the stuff for work. (laughs) Right. Like that's all gone. And my priorities for training are, are changed. And, you know, I've got 
more time in different places and everything else. And so I just like you know, doubled down on it and it was fine. You do have to be kind of willing to do that. Sometimes, you know, actually what will screw you up more than uh, a drastic negative change is a drastic positive change. Um, so, I, you know, I changed jobs. It was a fair bump in pay. It was, you know, honestly, a bit of a decrease in stress, you know, from meetings and from managing people and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that was a positive change. It left me with more energy to do more. Yeah. Uh, completely screwed up my plans. You know, I was able to recover. But, I mean, yeah, that was a thing. And you got to be willing to do that because this is your personal life. This is not a business situation where you have more predictability. Yeah. And like along those same lines, sometimes things change and it frees up time. Like with you, you had some free time before between jobs. But in those cases, you may just swap out your critical project for a different one because you've got capacity to take on a larger one. Like one that you may have been saving for when you didn't have as much other stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, I was planning on doing this, this stuff over two or three quarters as small items. You know, here's a subset, get that done, you know, fix the network stuff, get that done, then get all your, you know, server management stuff straightened out. But I just did it one because of how things worked out. And it's been, it's been great. It's been a little bit painful. You know, the learning has been faster than I would like as far as what was necessary. But, you know, it worked out all right. Now, if you're a month or more into a 12-week plan and something changes drastically, probably your best option is to actually trim down your task list to whatever you think you can still do and move on with your life. Like, keep being productive, but be realistic about, okay, well, the money's not here right now, so I can't do this thing that costs, you know, $5,000 right now and just ditch it and put it on a list somewhere where you get back to it later. But your goal is to keep moving. Yeah. And like, there's some stuff business-wise that I want to do with the the creative business that I uh, have chosen to wait on because I need some new, I need like, I've got the camera, but I need some lenses and things like that to really get into that type of photography. And they're a couple thousand dollars each. So I'm doing other projects to earn money to buy those lenses. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to kind of like they're unrelated, but you're like, all right, this is going to bring in money that I can then use to pay for this. That's going to bring in a lot more money. Well, and I think that's, that's part of the, the important part about splitting up and having multiple areas of focus is they are all interleaved. They are. Yeah. To a large degree, right? Like your, your income from coding helps with, with, you know, getting your photography stuff together. That's just kind of part of it. So next, try to have uh, periodic 12 weeks that function as sort of a deloading phase. Like you can't go full power all the time without seriously risking burnout. And this is why you, you also want to kind of switch up your focus. But um, while it's great and really useful to be more productive, you need to accept that we do have limits, at least some of us. And I'll, this is interesting because this is a problem that I've had conversations with people. And this is something Will and I have issue with. But there are a lot of people who have the opposite problem where they don't have enough motivation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not a problem for me. For me, the problem is, and Will's the same way, is, hey, I get efficient at something. I add more to, like, it may not be related to it, but I'm like, I add to my workload. 
But basically, you want at least one quarter of a year to be a little bit lighter than the others. It doesn't mean you don't do anything, just a little bit lighter so that you don't get burnout. And if you plan this properly, you'll plan it so that, oh, hey, there's a lot of other stuff going on during this time of year. Like for me, it would probably be the last quarter of the year because that's what, yeah, the last quarter is when we have like, I'm, I'm going with church stuff nonstop. And so I have to, I have to back down on a lot of other things. Honestly, the, uh, this, this one client that I'm doing the side project for has actually really helped because I've been able to say, Hey, I've been able to say no. I can't do stuff because I'm working on this that I normally would have said yes to and stressed myself out. So like I, I've been able to actually focus and go, all right, these are the important things. Like this is the church stuff that's important to me. I'm going to do that. These other things that like people are asking me to do or inviting me to do, I can say no because I've got other things that, that are a priority and it's helped me. It, it's funny how having that, heavier workload has actually helped me prioritize better. And I'm taking that into a time now where I have less going on. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to keep going, keep doing that because nobody got mad. Nobody got upset where I was like, Hey, I, I don't have capacity for that. I, I'm going to have to say no. And they're like, okay. And they went and found someone else to do it. And they were happy about it. Well, and you know, it's not necessarily got to be less work, right? Yeah. It could be less intensive projects, like whatever right. passes for that for you. Right while you're doing the same, you know, same number of hours of work just on your personal stuff. You know, the, the goal isn't to, to do less work. It's to avoid burnout and bad life balance. So like, you know, if you've got a task in there, you got a project for, you know, cleaning up and redoing your garage, right? Like you want to be, you want to have a nice place to do your motorcycle stuff and, you know, maybe some hobby IOT stuff and you want a workbench and all this stuff and you're, planning on doing it and you're really looking forward to it and you mostly don't get to do a lot of construction stuff and you enjoy it that may be your you know that may be the deloading phase for you it's it's not you know you basically want it to be less grindy yeah yeah i'm just i'm just sitting here thinking man because i would love to sorry i put that idea in your head (laughs) no no it's 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 an idea that's been there it's just you you brought it back to the forefront because i really want a um i'd really like to get into some some luthier stuff some you know guitar building i bought my my niece that kit for her birthday and we started working on it down at their house yeah (laughs) anyway that that would be that would be a lot of fun and yes that is something i i do have maybe not this year i got other stuff within the house to do but it is long-term plan to get that garage where i've got a workbench in there but that that is on the list the next thing is kind of odd because point out that the deloading phase should probably not coincide with periods of less work in your day job or when you expect to have a lot of time off. You know, you want to aim for more breaks and greater efficiency during those times. That's that's fine. Make your plan around it. Have an ambitious goal, you know, because you're compressing the time that you're getting stuff done and that's totally fine. Just don't make it so that your only deloading phase from your side stuff is the same time as your deloading phase from your work stuff. Like you could probably have kind of two of those. Yeah. You, you definitely shouldn't make that. Well, it's like my, my day job tends to wind down around this time of year. Uh, well, around 
So when this is coming out, it won't be. It'll be ramping back up. But yeah, same with mine. Like when when my the stuff I do at church ramps up, it also just happens to coincide coincide with when a lot of my work stuff kind of ramps down. So it's it's nice because yeah, I'm still I'm still working my regular forty hour a week job, but I'm not. It's not as stressful. It's kind of like a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more, hey, more training time and stuff like that during this time frame. And so I can put more of my own mental effort into the things that are taking my time outside of work. Whereas now the church stuff is starting to ramp down and work is going to be ramping up. Yeah, I mean. I guess the thing I've found in my own experience is that when I have a time period at work where I am able to cut back on what I'm doing, usually, you know, again, around Christmas time, if I correspondingly schedule my downtime and my side stuff, then both of those things come back on at the same time. And that will absolutely pop me as far as burnout. Well, that that will happen. Plus, you will uh, you'll get bored. Yeah, and then I'll create work for myself, which is also the thing. I mean, I've got so much stuff to do that I'll just start doing something else, and yeah. I'll get halfway done with it, and then you'll end up with you know the way my bookshelves look right now, which are half organized because it was on my list of things to do. I had downtime and all that. And a couple of other areas. So I was like, I'm going to start on this. And then I ran out of time. They didn't have set time for it. So I learned this lesson the hard way. For sure. Yeah. So speaking of lessons that are learned the hard way. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. When you do this, you know, in your own personal life, habit formation should really be a first class citizen of this process. Because we're not in a business environment, we don't have process controls on ourselves in most things. You can verify that statement by going to the chip aisle in any Walmart anywhere near you. And you can tell that some people do not have process control of themselves. That is what it is. But you're, you're going to have to have a larger focus on habits and habit formation during your 12-week stint. And that's enough time to build a new habit, uh, either a short-term one or a long-term one. And the reason for this is that you probably don't have five full work days a week to work on your own stuff. You get two days on the weekend and smaller amounts of time the rest of the time. And as a result, work gets broken up. Well, if you say, well, I've got to do this one huge task, but I can slice it into little pieces that I can do a little bit of every day and make that a habit for a while, then you still finish the whole thing. A large minority of large minority of your personal projects are likely to be fairly repetitive and easily broken into these smaller units that you work on in a continuous or habitual fashion. Like a lot of my stuff is habit forming, like muscle memory with the piano, going to the gym. A, a, if you my creative stuff, a lot of it is, is just getting into the habit of doing things. But yeah, so these short-term habits are useful ways of slicing up a larger amount of repetitive work into a manageable chunk. And the nice thing about this is, like, like right now I'm working, like I've built this habit of spending a couple of hours, a few nights a week working on the side project. Well, when I finally get it done, I will have built this habit of spending 
a couple of hours, a few nights a week, working on something that I can then take and go, all right, I've already got this time set aside in my schedule. I've got myself into this routine. So the next thing I can go, hey, it just fits right into this. I've got, I've built the habit of that. Right. And you could do work on other projects like, you know, yeah. for instance, the new podcast website, or you could build a product or you could, yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of the point here. It over the longer term, you probably also need to be working on more effective long term habit formation uh, to deal with your larger personal goals. Like if you're going to, you're learning to play a new instrument. That is consistent practice over a long period of time. Learning a language is the same thing. I mean, I know you got all these YouTube guys that are like, oh, you can learn, you know, you know, you can learn to speak Finnish in a month. It's like, no, you, you can't learn to speak Finnish, actually. Finns do, you don't. Yeah. You can you can learn a few phrases. Right. Like legitimately. I I, I did a few months before I went to Albania the first time and I learned a handful of phrases. Now I will be honest with you especially coming from America, you go over to a foreign country and you learn a handful of phrases. And that's more than 99% of the people do anyway. Yeah. You are, you will set yourself apart and show a lot of respect for the people of that country, especially if it's not like a common language. Right. You, you show a lot of respect for the people you are interacting with by learning just a few phrases in their language. It's, it is amazing how a little bit of effort on your part goes such a long way to show respect. Yeah. But, you know, the habit thing is uh, really useful for this. This is the personal life equivalent of business process controls, you know, checklists, those kind of things. These things get done at this time. We have controls on it. You're probably not going to build a system like that for yourself from the outset. There's much more important things you should be doing, I hope. I I have a schema, a database schema on my desk for... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I do this stuff I, without thinking about it is the problem. For me, it's more a matter of I do the thing and then I look back and go, oh, I built this whole process system, like this process control system around what I was part. doing. Yeah, to, to help myself. As I was going along, I kind of built that up too. Like with going to the gym every day at lunchtime, that's sort of the way I've sort of built it up. Or the way we do our outlines. I mean, that's seven years of that. We have that. Oh my goodness, it has been seven years. Wow. Because I can crank out an outline in an hour or two. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who's been listening for seven years, y'all. Y'all are uh, y'all are awesome. I'll like 20 of you. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're like 20, 25 people. Yeah, it was pretty low. Yeah. Uh, now I think we got up to about 100 by the end of the year, though. So I yeah. just think if you'd committed armed robbery when we started, you'd be out by now. Wow, that is one uh, one way of looking at it. I would not have thought that. Hey, Americans use weird measurement systems, right? So it's like this many football fields or this many libraries of Congress. It's this many armed robbery sentences. Oh, um, wow. that's, the years. That's so wrong, man. That's so wrong. So it's also pretty useful to build uh, new habits every quarter or two before projects where you're going to need them. And this is the real secret to drastic productivity improvement. Uh, most large accomplishments are a lot easier if you aren't having to simultaneously create disciplined habits to support them. And I'm going to give you guys a great example going back to the fitness stuff. When I decided, hey, I want to really put the effort into losing the weight. And I think I've said this on the podcast a few times, I lost 100 pounds over the course of the year. My first step was to build the habit of going to the gym. 
because I, I would go inconsistently. I'd go two or three times a week, but it was inconsistent. And I wanted to get to where I was going every single workday. You know, weekends were, were going to be sort of like, I'll do something active, but it's not, doesn't have to be gym, but I want to go to the gym every single day of the work week. And so I just started, before I really even started pushing myself, it was go to the gym and walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes to build that habit. And you know what happened? I started losing weight doing that. And that was so much motivation. I was like, oh, well, if that little bit causes me to lose weight, what if I actually put effort into it? (laughs) But for real, like I I started with, I want to build this habit. And in just building that habit, I started seeing progress. Yeah. And, you know, I've got plenty of examples of the same kind of thing in my own life. It's just, you know, getting the habit in place a little bit ahead of time. It's just going to make it easier when you actually have a bigger goal. And, you know, if you know what the bigger goal is, you know, and you may not do this for your first few quarters of this, right? Like a lot of times you're, you're getting in there and you're like, man, my life's a dumpster fire. I got to fix some things so, so that there's structure. And that may be your early projects. But, you know, once you have that structure, now you can work with the structure and, and build something. So, you know, speaking of structure... You should also be scheduling milestones for your projects and the larger tasks on your list. In other words, what is the definition of you know, phase one of this thing is done? And when do I expect that to happen by? And, you know, and actually put it on there. You know, if, you take, if you expect a project to take an entire quarter, you really need to break it down into smaller items and estimate you know, their completion date. And the purpose behind this isn't necessarily to hold you accountable to it, although it's great if you can do that for yourself without beating yourself up. But it also helps you to go, okay, well, I got the first third of this work done the first week. Or I got the first third of this work done and it's 90, you know, 90% of the way through the quarter. You, you can actually tell where you are now. Um, these also make it easier to replan. In the event some Thing big happens or you have a major change, it's a lot easier to just replan a month's worth of work than to try and figure out where to break up a large project in order to salvage it. Also, a lot less stressful. Yeah. And, you know, bear in mind, there, there are major life changes that are positive life changes. There's a, there's a list, though, somewhere of, you know, things that happen to people that are the most stressful events in their life. You know, buying a new house, uh, moving, getting married, having a kid, changing a job, you know, and I've, you know, by the way, done several of those concurrently and not the getting married and having a kid, but like getting married, getting a house, getting a new job, moving. And those together, it, it, you know, it's like, hey, this is a positive change for your life, but it is brutal. I will say, you know, I was already living in the house that I bought because I had been renting it beforehand. Uh, oh, but just the paperwork. Oh yeah. But I was just saying it was, it was enough of, I mean, you remember this time last year, I was dealing with all that, like going through that whole process and getting the mortgage and just, it was such a pain. And then halfway through the year, both cars broke down and I had to buy a truck, which is so funny because I actually got my dream truck out of the whole situation. You know, like I've been wanting a blue truck for probably 10 or 12 years now. And I got a blue truck, just the right size, perfect for me. I 
thoroughly enjoy it. It's good gas mileage for a truck. Anyway, I'm going to stop gushing on my truck right now, but yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will just say I'm really happy with it, but well, and you guys heard me talking about it. You remember the stress I was going through when both cars broke down on the same day and, and my mom's spare car broke down too. So like I didn't have a vehicle other than my motorcycle. And your motorcycle was already broken at that point too, wasn't it? No, I had just gotten the motorcycle fixed. Oh, okay. Like, cause I don't remember you owning a skateboard. Yeah. But like, you know, that's where you go next. Well, I do own a skateboard actually, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I kind of expected that. I had just gotten the motorcycle working about a week before all this happened. Like I've been working on the motorcycle for a while. I got it back back in working order and then all that happened. So yeah. So I had the bike at least. Yeah, I'll also point out here that if you're using a to-do list system that lets you schedule tasks, uh, which I recommend you do, it's really useful to to schedule these milestones in there so that you get a reminder of when they're due. Yeah. This can help give you a sense of urgency. So I like have those milestones scheduled and I have a tag in my to-do list system. It's like, hey, this isn't a task. This is a this is a milestone. Yeah. And when I do my weekly planning, oh, I should be done with this this week. Is that still on track? These milestones are also useful for maintaining your motivation. For whatever reason, a lot of people feel better about having completed one out of three projects instead of being one third of the way through a single project. And it's really true. Like I, I will break my runs down. So like today I ran three miles. So mentally I broke it down into three, one mile runs. Now I didn't stop at the end of one mile, but I get to one mile and I'm like, all right, I got, I got one of my three, three mile run, three miles down. Like I accomplished something. And then I got to the halfway point. That's another accomplishment. That's usually when I turn the fan on. That's when I start sweating. And then uh, I got to that second mile. I'm like, all right, second mile. Like, that's two out of three. Got one more to go, but I've, I've accomplished two. You know, it's just like, it's this mental game. And I'll, I'll like pace myself in time. I'm like, all right, I got, you know, another quarter of a mile till I hit that two miles. Well, this whole thing is fractal. You plan out your 12 weeks. But when you're planning out the project in that 12 weeks, you're splitting it up into chunks and you'll oh, split yeah. those into chunks. If you're doing getting things done for this same, the same effect. Yeah. And that's the kind of the way I broke down my, um, my goal that we're going to talk about in just a minute. So we're talking about yours or mine. I figured we talk about both of them. You can quickly go through okay. yours and I'll quickly go through mine. I mean, it's not going to take that long to, to break this down. So you bre- okay. you have a separate, a different breakdown than I do. And so I'm curious to hear yours. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, so mine is to get, is to improve my system security. You know, that's a, it, this is not a primary goal for the quarter, but it is a goal. Um, I need to do some security lockdown stuff. First thing is, is getting rid of LastPass is a big part of this uh, because of everything that's gone on. I just don't have confidence in them. And I'm like, hey, I, I kind of want to bring this stuff in house. So obviously, you know, I have action items in the list. So getting, you know, key pass on all my devices, you know, keeping it synchronized. I've got a lot of infrastructure for that already. Um, and actually it is synchronized right now. I'm just not using it, but it's not on every device. The next thing I got to do is move all the passwords over to it. I'm going to be turning on two-factor auth everywhere. 
And then I got to rotate all the passwords that were in LastPass uh, while getting rid of LastPass and then stop, you know, well, actually before that, stop all passwords from getting recorded into Chrome or into LastPass because those are sources that are on the on the cloud where they're potentially at risk. And so I set that as action items. And then under habits, I'm like, hey, every day move passwords for at least five sites, uh, including setting up you know, two-factor off and rotating the passwords. So as I go, I'll pull them out of LastPass and move them over. You know, every time I sign on to a site, if it's not moved, it gets moved right then. Yeah. So the most critical stuff that you hit the most gets moved first. And every time I move a password, get it out of the old password manager, actually delete it so that I, you know, kind of a checklist of what's left. So that's the habit formation. Now that's not, none of those are permanent habits, but they're just a way to slice the work. And then I scheduled it. I said, okay, immediately I got to move everything that's critical that could cost me money, break stuff, cause a problem, get it all over there and also get rid of the browser extension that may get compromised because now I have to worry about that. You know, email account passwords in week two because that's potentially more complicated because everything goes in there. Next is actually, uh, you know, export all the remaining passwords and then cancel LastPass. And then the final one is at the beginning of month two, install browser plugins for the new password system. And obviously, there's one I didn't put on here, but it'll be kind of the rest of the quarter is actually rotating the old passwords and, you know, doing the process for lower priority things. So that's how I break mine down when I do it. It initially used to just be action items. And then I was like, oh, but I got to schedule it. And then it was, oh, I got to have habits in here too. And that, that's sort of where I've arrived at. On yeah, this. I like that. I like that. Mine's a little bit different. So I'm going with uh, the one I'm going to discuss here. Again, this is not my primary either, but it's one of the important ones that is going to be every, every quarter because it's one of my annual goals. And it's a progressive annual goal. So... And the annual goal was to uh, run 20 miles per week. Talked about that a few weeks ago in our resolutions episode. It actually comes out this week. The week we're recording this, it actually airs. So right now I'm currently running 10 miles a week, actually 10.5 when you add it all up. But uh, And so the aim is to bump that up to running 12.5 this quarter. So my aim is to run, to add 10 miles per week by the end of the year. And so I'm going to add two and a half miles each quarter. So that will, that will add up to, uh, to the full 10. So right now, the way I have my workout breakdown, and I'm going to change this um, in the second quarter, but first quarter is going to stick to the same plan, is I lift on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I have cardio days on Tuesday, Thursday. So cardio days are basically just uh, long runs. On lift days, I go in and I run a mile and a half before I lift because that gets my heart rate up. And you will, if you run before you lift, you'll burn more calories in the lift. And so, right, because you've already depleted muscle glycogen. So now you're also burning more fat too. Yeah. No. And the, it's interesting because if you lift before you run, you'll burn muscle. You'll burn muscle. Yeah. So, because I remember learning this in, college late after we burned a lot of muscle trying yes. to work out. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh-huh. Right. Right. So I run a mile and a half on lift days. I run three to three and a quarter, usually about three miles on cardio days. Uh, lately I've been running a little over three, just doing a 5k. So um, like 3.1 miles. 
And so that roughly adds up to 10 and a half miles per week. And I want to get that up to 12 and a half. So I'm going to increase on the lift days first and then on the cardio days because lift days have the smaller amount and there's more in there. So the idea is to get up to two miles per day on lift days uh, incrementally. So what I'm going to start is at first I'll be running a mile and a half and walking half a mile. So I'll be doing a total of two miles to get used to kind of like that time frame. And then after three weeks, I'm going to increase that to running a mile at 1.75 miles, a mile and three quarters, and then walking the rest. So I still, I still like, part of it too is I only have so much time at the gym. So I'm trying to like, I'm going to have to get myself used to having less time on lift days. Well, and you've also got to get your feet used to running that far. Yeah. You just, your structure right. has to kind of toughen up too. Right. And I'm going to be getting new running shoes on my birthday. I need to go get new ones as well. I mean, I, no, I don't run, but my, my tennis shoes are running shoes. I went to Fleet Feet with Kathleen and got them and they've been great. They're starting to kind of fall apart. Yeah, it's time for new ones. So once I'm comfortable with that or three weeks, whichever comes first, I will increase to running two miles. So that hits my goal for the lift days. And that will put me about six weeks into the 12 weeks right there. I'll do that for three weeks, get comfortable with that. And then on my cardio days, increase to three and a quarter miles. And so that will put me at the full 12.5 miles per week. So I'll be doing, yeah, two miles, three days a week. So that's six and then three and a quarter, two days a week. So that would be 6.5 plus 6 is 12.5. And then that last that last three weeks of, of it, it's just basically maintaining that and like getting my body used to it. Yeah. So that cause at first it's just going to be like, all right, I'm like really struggling and then I'll slowly kind of get used to it. So, yeah. So guys, the structure of the 12-week year can really help you a lot on being productive on your own personal projects, provided that you modify it slightly to deal with the less structured and more chaotic nature of your own personal life. Because your personal life is probably not as structured as a business has to be to survive uh, for most people, some modifications are going to need to be made to provide appropriate structure. Additionally, because you probably do already have a full-time job, the structure has to be modified further so that you don't end up burning yourself out. And finally, it's critical to rotate your focus between several different areas of your life over time in order to keep things balanced. Your day job probably has a single function. Your personal life probably shouldn't have one. That's pretty much all we've got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at Complete Dev Pod. 
like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.